2: previously on day after dynamite so i
3: hope it's over very fast and we can move on and you know the acclaimed versus literally anybody
0: else
2: um you know what though i kind of want to see the acclaimed lose the belts to hear me out here it's the ultimate payoff to everything the ass boys i think if those two get have a good performance against ftr and beat them and i kind of think they will i would I wouldn't mind them kind of getting one over on their dad who is no longer in their corner kind of thing. Because then you can go back and revisit the FTR stuff and have FTR beat them for the belts. Like I feel like there's there's ways to get there. <laughs>
3: you monster. <laughs> You monster! You did it! I guess. You did it, Will, you monster! Sorry. Hey, folks. Canceled. Canceled. This show's done. Last dad ever.
2: Last dad ever. No, that's not true. This is the 48th dad, and there'll be plenty more to go.
3: Canceled after that, Will. You've ruined all our fun. Will is the dad that gets the school park shut down. <laughs> Too many kids getting out on the slide. Shut that down. Ban that after school club. That's you, that is, Will. Ruined it for everybody.
2: Hey, it's Thursday. You know what that means? It means it's time to ignite the dynamite. Welcome to another edition of Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington. I'm not alone here, though. I'm never alone here on this show. But today, I'm joined by a man your oh, wife yes, you're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who I have collaborated with many times but our collaborations go back decades at this point I can't believe that's even a thing we can say
3: mate true story like you're the only person that I'm still doing this sort of thing with who was on my MSN messenger friends list and my myspace top eight. What? <laughs> <Once. laughs> i listened to william r washington when i worked in a warehouse on my first ipod <laughs> putting that into the world
2: holy hell
3: hey, yes,
2: and, that. And, and look at you now i forgot that is look how we communicated now. look look i can't believe it. i forgot we communicated over msn messenger that's right that was the go-to I had certain people I used on AIM, but I knew everybody I knew outside the States was MSN Messenger. And so I had to keep both active. I forget sometimes. Although, true story. So, you know, the MSN Messenger, for those who are too young to have ever used MSN Messenger, uh, it was a messaging service where you sent messages back and forth between your friends. Uh, But, what made it a little bit different than the way modern messaging services work is that the messages themselves were not saved by any servers uh, that were used by or that were put out by MSN pretty much all of the ser- or all of the message information was all stored to the local user that's a lot different than the way it is now where essentially you're sending messages through you know your twitter messenger your facebook messenger instagram messenger whatever you're using you're sending it to essentially the cloud and then it can be accessed by both people there but back then those messages could only go uh to the user they and pretty much if they got lost in translation they were gone the reason i bring that up is because
3: okay
2: I just happened, (laughs) yes, that's what was ringing there. Uh, No, so I just happened one day to be going through an old folder. I'm a tech hoarder, for those who don't know that. Uh, Pretty much every single time I get a new computer, new hard drive, I literally select all, drag it to the next one. And I realized recently that I've been doing that since at least like 2003. And so one day recently, I like opened a folder and I was like, what is MSN chat logs? And sure enough, all of my MSN chat logs from going back to 2003 still exist. I still have all of them. I could probably find messages exchanged between you and I from 2007, 2008. I have all of that stuff still. And I didn't realize that I I didn't realize I did. It's just a thing that I do. Every time I get a new computer, drag and drop and move on and i have been hoarding stuff a really long time i've got old photoshop projects from 2003 that look like complete ass that have like john cena with the uh like a photoshop wwe championship in his hand because it's like hey what if john cena were to win the title like i still have all of that stuff these are things that i have had a very very long time you still have
3: the dave batista interview then right
2: yeah, of course I have that. No, are you kidding me? I have, I have never... The, as far as podcasts are concerned, there's only one thing I'm missing, and I'm, the reason you see me looking around my desk is because I have it somewhere. But I do have a physical hard drive that has every episode of Now Playing Now I ever did, but the hard drive no longer powers up. So I could... I got an estimate recently on getting that drive repaired, but it's literally just for the purpose of seeing my old stuff, because it wouldn't accomplish anything. These are all podcasts I did 15 years ago that nobody cares about, and I stare at that drive sometimes, and I think, do I want to get this repaired? Do I care? Doesn't matter. But anyway, that's enough about me. Tom Campbell here. You guys know Tom Campbell. (laughs) Cultaholic.
3: Cheers sir nice to be here honestly this is lovely because uh, all jokes aside um Will and I go back decades honestly it's it's hilarious uh, when I as long before like podcasts were, were as big a thing as they are now where every man and their dog has one I listened to RBI it was the first wrestling podcast I ever discovered uh it, like chatting to Will uh, as, a, as a as a mealy mouth little community radio presenter it was like chatting to a rock star and he still is and he no, still, sure no. still is and he still is no you're,
2: man no, man. no this guy here on the other hand is a rock star like <laughs> i i have seriously like every time i've seen like anything tom campbell like are you kidding me <laughs> i am a massive sonic the hedgehog fan right like massive and seeing what this guy was able to do and pull off is still the coolest thing on earth and i still like you (laughs) look we can sit here and verbally fillet each other as as long as we want to here but (laughs) but seriously uh uh, I, i i do recall i have the graphics somewhere it's the assiest thing on earth but you and i did the an episode of Thank Tonto, it's Friday. Uh, (laughs) Where you and I discussed WrestleMania 23. It was the first (laughs) one we had done together. And uh, it will look at this, think about that. WrestleMania 23.
3: Ridiculous, isn't it? And that was on uh, the first radio station I ever worked for, which is YouthCon Radio, a community radio station in Worcester. And, uh, and and I, I, I did that all of a sudden. I don't know how that happened. I ended up I d- doing stuff on the BBC. Isn't that ridiculous?
2: I know. I saw you taking the sip, and I just thought, there <laughs> it is,
3: the BBC. <laughs> I brought the brand in, brother.
2: Yes, he did.
3: <laughs> but but now it's
2: amazing. This here is Day After Dynamite. And don't forget, you can support what we do here at Fightful and Day After Dynamite various ways. Start with... Super chats. Super chats can be found at youtube.com slash fightful. Send us a super chat. You could be like a Ryan Ben here who says, so if you are one of the fans that called the LI cops last night, get a life, hilarious, has any story made you as an adult dad get so involved, Will? I mean, look, I appreciate stuff like this because I always think back to, like, the NWO, right? And how people were so distraught over the NWO causing chaos backstage that they had called the cops. Like, when wrestling can get you to do that, and, like, literally, what's what's the harm? The police are going to go, guys, this is a fucking TV show, and then hang up. Like, you know, at, at worst, you, you wasted 10 seconds of somebody's time. But otherwise, I do think that when wrestling can make people angry like that get them upset in a genuine way that is the intended reaction right
3: absolutely
2: i guarantee you mjf is seeing those headlines and laughing his ass off over the fact that that happened
3: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't realize and i i must have missed this and as in my role that's bad of me i didn't realize people actually call the police about the mjf (laughs) bit oh yeah of course yeah they fantastic
2: They were like, hey, did you guys know, in case you had an accident reported, that he wasn't the one driving and he confessed it on television? They literally (laughs) responded. Over
3: here in the UK, there is a a soap opera called Coronation Street. It's the longest running weekly episodic soap opera in the history of soap operas. And that's genuine. Michael Cole, eat it. And um, there was a a series where uh, Deirdre Barlow went to prison for a crime that her husband committed. And there were literally calls to the police and there were posters to free Deirdre Barlow. Like this was a massive thing, and it was blatantly a soap opera. <laughs> but the rage that people <laughs> felt that Deirdre was in prison. So, like, this is a tailor's as oldest as time, and in this day and age, where like the curtain is pulled so far back that the rings fall off, that, that we can still fool people and still get people that wrapped up about wrestling, it's incredible absolutely
2: dream. yeah no i are you kidding me i i'm not in get a life mode on that one i'm not gonna fault anyone for that i think if it can get you in that way i love it that that's for me uh and don't forget you can also send humper chats uh i i gave uh oh are you not aware of the humper chat What's...
3: <laughs> i be- I, be- I believe the last person that i know got a humper chat ended up in prison themselves uh... Uh, What? <laughs> What is what is a humper chat? Well, so old, humper chats old are for
2: folks like me who don't know. So no, it's it's an exclusive fightful thing. Um the the name obviously would come from one Sean Ross Sapp, who is uh, a a big on, Yeah, <laughs> that too. Uh, but more than that, he is uh, big on the word humper. But the uh so basically we love our super chats. We can bring them up on the screen, they're convenient, but there are some drawbacks to the super chat. For example, one, YouTube takes a giant cut of those. Two, uh, you can only send them during the show. So if you want to help support us in a different way that uh, helps give us a bigger portion of the donation, and we can still bring them up on the screen, you don't know, get your little icon there, and they're a little more difficult, because I got to copy and paste them over here and all that. But That's not for you. You don't care about that. Or you just want to send them at any time during the day. Humperchats.com is the way to do that. Just send us your Humperchats. Make sure you identify what show they're for because we got dozens of shows here on Fightful, but you identify your Humper Chat. I'll make sure to get it read here on the show. So we've got your Super Chat, your Humper Chats. There's multiple ways you can support us, and we always appreciate it. Uh, be like Jacob McCray here, who says, So, is Brian out of BCC? They do, not, or do they not care about their man, or is he being stubborn and going it alone? I'm so curious. So, two things. One, he was wearing a BCC shirt yesterday. I saw that, and I, th- I thought about this very discussion we've been having here on this show. Is Brian still a part of the BCC? He wore a BCC shirt this week. I think he still is. However, why why haven't they been helping him? I don't know. There's been I just a lot. kind of
3: feel like that the, the the BCC isn't like your common or garden stable. I think it's more just a case of people who gather together with a certain ideology, and they don't necessarily need to be in each other's pockets all the time like a regular faction. I quite like that that they're sort of separate entities most of the time, doing their own thing.
2: I do, but there have been multiple instances when Brian has been in peril, and we saw the BCC various members throughout the show, and only Takesh has been there for him. Otherwise, like we saw Moxley earlier in the show. We saw Moxley came out with Yuta. Why all of a sudden is Yuta not deciding to help brian why doesn't claudio care and we know they're on rampage this week i don't know um i i I hope that's something that they address going forward at some point um because there's plenty of explanations you can go with you know uh the one that's been brought up frequently has been that when regal turned his back on the group brian had regal's back so there may be some dissension there involving regal could be yeah
3: that, that seems to be i mean it may be it's just a case of the fact that the the they've got a weird taste in their mouth for brian because he's the one that despite regal's dastardly deed still stood up for regal so maybe yeah. it's kind of caused like a family divide <laughs> in that sense they're like oh just you do you
2: maybe. yeah could be either way he did have a bcc shirt on this week uh jennifer sent this one a ten dollar donation she says for dad here is a humper chat to show Tom what it is like. Last yeah. night was wild. That trio's match was fire. Thank you so much for the humper chat, Jennifer. That's it. We get our humper chats. We get our super chats. They all help what we do and help keep this channel going. Help supporting or help support this channel. Uh, but let's talk about some of the news of the day before we get into dynamite. Such as we'll start with uh, Meltzer. Meltzer dropped a little bit this past uh in the last 24 hours about one CM Punk it's not a whole lot different than we've heard before but uh I think there just seems to be a lot less of the mentality of hell no it's not happening that seems to be easing up a bit but basically Meltzer said that um you know at the moment CM Punk is still injured uh but it is possible that he ends up back in the fold he still may not, but it, there's no longer that, that sense of hell no. And I've gotten that talking to people. I've noticed that even people I talked to right after Brawlout literally said, no way. Um, that Get him out of here because of what happened, right? But I think as time has gone on, and this is the old saying that time heals all wounds. I think there is at least a little bit of a sense of, okay, I maybe not pushing for it but if he did come back i wouldn't mind um and i think that that's probably where we want to see things because i ultimately i don't know how you feel but i would like to see punk back in the fold there is a lot of unfinished business with CM yes.
3: Punk. Whether you like him or you don't, like there is a very talented guy there with, who's a, a phenomenal uh, performer in the ring. And the the the, the views on this is so mixed, and, and and everybody got very het up after the all out brawl out fallout. And I get why completely. Like you know, you're you're building this. You know, the 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 image that's been sent out to a lot of people is that CM Punk was bad for the locker room. But yet you get a few people that go, actually, it was all right, just on the quiet. I think there's so many stories we can still tell with CM Punk. And you know what? In a wrestling world where Ultimate Warrior and Bruno Sammartino are in the WWE Hall of Fame, you never say never to to crossing a bridge. I don't think any bridge in wrestling is ever truly burned from from the the overwhelming majority. No bridge is ever truly burned.
2: Oh, yeah. I don't think there's ever going to be a burned bridge in pro wrestling uh hell i think if aew ever launched the hall of fame cody's probably the first to go in it i don't think any i mean but it sounds like they're pretty okay with each other uh the way everybody still speaks so fondly about each other um because you know i have been fishing for details on what happened with cody for the longest time and there's still nobody's willing to say it's not even that nobody's willing to say i don't think most people are just like it just he felt it was time to leave and now i can't help but wonder at this stage were there was there actually a problem or was it literally just cody if you jump over to wwe we will give you the royal rumble in the main event of wrestlemania how the hell do you turn that down and he looks up and goes huh i mean that is something i couldn't ever get
3: it is interesting, but <laughs> we never truly got the answer as to, to, to what went on that, that made him go, whether it was just a case of um, a, a lot of people, too many cooks spoiling the broth in yeah. AEW for, for a spell, as they say. I love to think they just went, all right, here's a bag of money, here's the Rumble, here's <laughs> WrestleMania next year. And I must admit, anybody, you know, any, anybody's head would turn with something like that. I've I've been really impressed with you know obviously there was a, a big a big stopgap after his return uh, what when his when his uh, when his breech fell off but now he's back at full speed and about to headline WrestleMania gosh it feels special but you're absolutely right if they were ever to do a Hall of Fame I'm pretty sure that the two sides Cody's a unique case in this but I'm pretty sure the two sides could come to an agreement and that jazz could happen
2: yes. Uh, We got Skills that Kills says, last night's Dynamite might be my favorite. Three possibly five-star matches and an ending match that took me back to Ruthless Aggression WWE. Classic. Huh. That's the first time I've seen that put that way. Uh, Thank you for the super chat. David K says, Will and Tom is 2023's two-man power trip.
3: That's it. Do you want to be Triple H and I'll be Steve Austin?
2: uh yeah See, that's a perfect yeah.
3: triple h impression you're in
2: jeep <laughs> bro <Bruce> says that's <laughs> gotta be K. <Kate.">
3: jeep <laughs> bro what are you doing here that's mental oh that's that's something from the cult multiverse that seems to have seeped through a crack in the wall but thank you jeep <laughs>
2: that's okay because as jeremy lambert likes to say day after dynamite truly the forbidden door of fightful uh, as we have had so many great guests here on this show and we'll continue to have great guests. I Absolutely. may have one plan. Nope, not gonna jinx that one, but I'm working on a really, really good one. Uh and we we shall see what the uh we'll see when the John Cena replies to
3: the DM. I'm hoping that
2: it not- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, we all got the follow, but yeah. well whatever we get in the DMs, the day I get that reply or that at least the double tap and heart. That's all I'm looking for. Anyway, other news coming out of the day, the question I get more than any other question is, what's the deal with Aew fight forever? As if what's
3: the deal with fight forever? I mean, I'm waiting forever for the game to come out. Am I right?
2: This is gonna be a great episode,
3: <laughs> but yeah, no, no, mate, I apologize.
2: <laughs> but you know what? Um, I, I, you know, obviously, I've had some details on the game. Why wouldn't I? I have two songs in the game, but literally, that's it. And uh, a, a big part of having those songs in the game was that I had a deadline to get those songs in. Um, so, the songs AEW's obviously been in possession of since I finished them because they're technically AEW songs. But the things that they needed from me were the lyrics to said songs um, because they needed to submit those lyrics to the ESRB. And so, my understanding, as far as the content of the game was concerned, was that uh, the deadline to get everything. In esrb wise was back in october at least that was when they were trying to get the cutoff for a, a, a certain date but apparently they weren't able according to reports able to get the t rating they were after and so some adjustments had to be made but the esrb published today the official t rating for aew fight forever so it's on there it's it's up there on the esrb's website but that's not the funniest part of this story oh no Tom, did you see the rating summary? It's I so did, great. I and
3: it's joyous. And I would love for you to regale us with the summary of Fight Forever.
2: All right, let's do this. The rating summary from the ESRB. Because if you've ever been on ESRB's website, the whole thing is kind of designed for parents to find out why a game has the rating it has. And so in this case, AEW Fight Forever's content has been reviewed, and they have put up a summary as to why it was given the T rating. Rating summary, let's read this. This is a wrestling game in which players compete in matches with wrestlers from the AEW roster. Players use punches, kicks, and grappling maneuvers to drain their opponent's health, and some match types, e.g., barbed wire, stadium stampede, unsanctioned. Players can use barbed wire, baseball bats, metal chairs, and Molotov cocktails against opponents, eventually resulting in submission and or knockouts. Blood splatter effects can occur during matches staining the mats. Video footage of real matches also depicts blood on wrestlers' faces and bodies. The game contains some mildly suggestive material, uh and examples are female wrestlers in revealing outfits e.g deep cleavage bunny outfits partially exposed buttocks wrestlers performing taunting gestures crotch chops slapping buttocks (laughs) real footage sometimes depicts wrestlers drinking alcohol and smoking the word "shit" is heard in the game
3: Mm, well that's us demonetized for tonight thanks very much (laughs) that's that done
2: Oh, no, they, we, we did it. It's 25 minutes in. We're good. Um, okay, but... <laughs> good. Right. Cheers. There you go. That yes, we're um, good.
3: I love that. It makes me happy. I, I mean, the, the, the words that stick out there uh, are, of course, buttocks. Uh, I, I, for one, am keen and Molotov cocktails. Like, <laughs> although I'm fascinated to know how this is going to roll as a game where you can use Molotov cocktails as a weapon
2: oh yeah, this is great. I'm actually really excited about all of this. I know some people were concerned about it receiving an M rating um, because of the blood and the fact that you can have um, intergender matches. I knew that wasn't going to affect the rating. I don't think that's what it was. And the reason I don't think that's what it was is because uh, guys, Street Fighter, there's plenty of games out there with, uh, with blood and intergender fighting that get T ratings that didn't that don't end up with an M. Or I suppose, what is it over in the UK? It's the, it's Peggy it's, something, right?
3: It's Peggy 18.
2: Okay, that's what it is. Yes. Um. Anyway, the the point here is, I don't think that's what caused it. Because my understanding when it comes to M ratings is that the blood and violence specifically has to result in the death of a human character and uh, in AEW, it's specifically, and I believe that's why it's cited here, that all of this violence results in either being pinned or submitted, that your character does not die, uh, because that's all the difference. You know, people talk about Mortal Kombat and the blood. It wasn't just the blood that resulted in Mortal Kombat's creating of the ESRB. It was the decapitations. It was the fact that the blood led to... The ripping out of a heart the punching off of a head all of that it has to result in the death of a human character that's why halo 5 got a t rating versus all the other halos that have an m because you can't kill your teammates in because the death has to come from the player of the game that's the other thing too um but the you can't kill your teammates in halo 5 and that was enough for them to go all right it's t rated uh literally you can kill aliens all day long shoot them in the head if you want doesn't make a difference but the death of a human character is what uh is what causes that but yeah, either way, Molotov cocktails they'll hit you in the face, but if you're just pinned, we're okay.
3: I am concerned about fight forever because now fight forever has been uh has been planned tested beta tested through two WWE games oh yeah and I and this we're in sort of this trepidatious territory now. Where, you know, we both lived through the Sega Saturn and the Sega Dreamcast. Where if you sit too long on an idea, other people are going to have better ones. And by the time your thing comes out, everyone's not going to look at it, even if it's really good. And I'm nervous for that for AEW fight forever. I have a horrible feeling in the waters that this is going to come out and it's going to look like it's taken two years to be made.
2: So the the issue here, of course, is that obviously the advantage WWE has had is that they have been building off of the same game for... Let me just look at my calendar. 24 years. And so uh, they have had an advantage of... And a game they didn't even build initially. That was a game that they purchased from Japan and then have been building off of for literally 24 years. Um, Whereas this is a game that has used assets that Yuke's has used before. There are certain animations you can very much see in every video you've seen that are like, hey, I recognize that punch. That's definitely been used before, But otherwise, it's an engine that they're building from scratch. So it, it, we always knew it was going to take longer. But, like you said, it, the average consumer doesn't see that. The average consumer is just going to see, hey, we this game was announced in 2020. Where that was when we first saw footage of this. And now we're looking at the release of WWE 2K22 we've seen since then. We've also seen the release of WWE. Uh, we're coming up on 2K23 to the point of where... Cody Rhodes is still in Fight Forever. And he will uh, also be in WWE 2K23. Which is a thing that happened back in the day. Because uh, Bret Hart, because of the development cycle around uh, WWF Warzone back uh, in the day. That game started its development cycle in, I think like end of 96 was when they started the engine. The content of the game was finished in the summer of 97 but the game or at least that's when the content was like the roster was finalized but the game itself didn't come out till may of 98 and why that makes such a huge difference for those who haven't played the game is that you have triple h the blue blood cutting promos about having the right pedigree and being the blue blood with the dx music playing behind him because literally so much changed between 1997, the summer of 97, and the spring of 98, that Hunter is a completely different guy by that point. This is not remotely the same. And Bret Hart was still on the roster in the summer of 97. He, of course, famously left at the end of 98 or 97 um, due to the Montreal screw job. He joined WCW. And so those two games, Warzone and WCW Revenge, came out a month apart from each other. Both had Brett the Hitman hard in them. <laughs> and, and so this is a case where we've kind of got the same deal happening. Cody Rhodes left AEW, but of course he was a part of the, the start of the development of the game. He helped get things off the ground. So of course Kenny Omega said he was never going to leave Cody out of the game. He was a big part of things. But here <laughs> he is now good for cody getting two <laughs> royalty checks when the time comes get in
3: there,
2: cody i know right it's, yeah. it's actually kind of cool we're gonna hear uh kingdom in two different video games that's actually pretty cool i think the key for aw was actually just having this conversation with raj Geary the other day but the key for AEW, i believe is that they have to make sure that the game is marketed pushed in every single way as a retro style game. I think that's gotta be the piece that differentiates them. I think that if people see it as a competitor to two K, they're probably toast. But I think and the 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 ads did a pretty good job of uh the ads we've seen so far have done a pretty good job in my opinion of illustrating that i think when they start marketing it to the masses they have to illustrate hey remember no mercy remember games like that this is a throwback to those style of games like literally if you've seen the gameplay footage there's if when you hit a low blow in the game you get the bell ring that you got from no mercy it's great uh i think that has to be the key they have to make sure that this is the type of game that makes people go oh this is like the games i played when i was a kid this is great because we know that that sells we know that nostalgia can sell but i think if they try to position it against 2k it's 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 history
3: i'm just thinking about yukes using the summary for fight forever if they used it with no mercy players can use weapons such as chair half a table, steel steps that grow from the crowd, a a, a decapitated head, some roses, a copy of The Rock Says, a larger copy of The Rock Says. Wrestlers may be prone to not bleeding, but looking like they're bleeding and falling over. Your cartridge may
2: reset. Oh my god. (laughs) The best part is it's fully accurate and... That made me so sad. Did you have one of those cartridges? Did you have the defective oh, first, one?
3: First time I did, and then we went back to uh, gay, went back to electronics boutique and changed it, and then we were fine. But my 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 friend Jack Atkins, who I do the classic raw review with now, uh, he hates No Mercy because he had four copies and they were all defective. The final one. We didn't reset for an entire year, Will. An entire year, and just as he'd made the rambunctious Jackie Orlando the world heavyweight champion in No Mercy, ba bam, the whole thing's gone. He was livid,
1: and I oh, don't blame if, him.
2: I only have my original copy of No Mercy, and it does have the the clock reset issue, um, where yep, mid game your cartridge will just factory reset, and you'll be playing as your creator wrestler. And all of a sudden, you'll get a slight screen flicker, and your creator wrestler is blank. And then you reset the game. Everything is exactly where it was. I still have that same cartridge. This doesn't happen, at least when you're playing on like emulators, things like that, because it is an actual cartridge defect. Um, it wasn't a glitch in the game. And so uh, most people playing the game these days probably won't experience that. But if you come across a physical cartridge, be careful, because that can happen. Well,
3: I I was sad that it happened to you, Will, but after what you did to the acclaimed, I
2: think you probably retroactively deserved it. Look, it wasn't even a case of... I think at this point, I've watched enough AEW to have a pretty good idea of how Tony Khan works. Because, yeah, that clip there, that previously on AEW Dynamite, or on Day After Dynamite that you saw there, that was from, what, uh, I think that was from December fifteenth, twenty twenty two. So we're almost eight weeks ago, and uh, <laughs> I I could feel it. I could feel it at the time. Something told me with everything that was going on with the acclaimed that was going on with the Ass Boys that was going on with FTR. It was like, okay, it's clear AEW wants titles on FTR however like the fans want the titles on FTR but the fans don't necessarily want to see FTR beat the acclaimed because they're both very popular teams you don't necessarily want to to kneecap one team for the other and so there has to be some kind of transition here and how can you have the acclaimed lose the belts or who could the acclaimed lose the belts to in a very dastardly fashion well You have the ass boys. I know. They're not everybody's favorite team. But at the same time, you have one X factor there. And that is Billy Gunn. You have the ability to use Billy Gunn in multiple ways. I think a lot of people thought Billy was going to turn. I I, I said last week I didn't think he was going to turn. And it was clear that they heard all the chatter because they played up on it a little bit and then had Billy Gunn not do so. I think that was probably the smart play there. But I think that the... Ass Boys needed to use Billy Gunn against the acclaimed in a way that screws over the acclaimed and the, they walk away with the titles. Meanwhile, last time we've heard FTR's names mentioned on AEW TV was a little segment that the Ass Boys did called FTRIP, and they did a funeral for FTR on TV. So it is clear that that's a story that's not quite fully resolved yet. And I think this is the way to get the belts on FTR. How soon? I don't know. I say do it at Revolution. And the reason I say do it at Revolution, Tom Campbell, is because the Ass Boys are going to have their place in history. But what place in history should it be? Yes, they hold the tag titles. If they were to say lose them at Revolution right now, they go down as the shortest reigning AEW Tag Team Champions ever. And I think that, to me, is something you can stick on them in comedic fashion. You can kind of use that against them. You can have them kind of made fun of in a way where, well, hey, at least we held the titles longer than a cup of coffee. Uh, I think that's a thing you can kind of throw at them, have the fans make fun of them for, and you can kind of paste that on them in a way where... It works. I don't know. I'm not fully against it, but I do see like, – I'm not stupid. I, I, I read um, – or I'm not blind, at least. Might be stupid, but I, uh, I read Twitter, and I saw how outraged – Everybody was. There were people calling this, up until that point, a generational episode of Dynamite. Can you believe how good this episode of TV has been? We've seen so many classic matches. uh, As that Super Chat said earlier, we could have potentially seen three five-star matches in a single show. But by the end, man, were people willing to say, I don't care about any of that. The acclaimed lost the belts. to two guys we absolutely loathe, absolutely despise. How can a division that was built on guys like FTR, built on guys like the Young Bucks, built on guys that you've built up in such a strong way, like the Acclaimed. You've had Jurassic Express, you've had uh, Kenny and Hangman, you had the Lucha Bros. And in all of those teams, the guns, the ass boys, they get to sit amongst them in the history books.
3: I, I mean, all jokes aside, I still think you're a monster, Um, (laughs) but there is there is certainly some logic in the guns winning. And I do kind of fall in line with what you say about whilst I I get everybody was angry, but surely isn't wrestling meant to make us feel angry when the bad guys win? Isn't that kind of why we're here? Um, You know, it'd be rubbish if like, oh, we love that the bad guys won. That's not what the, the point is. But also the guns, bless them. They've kind of been the butt of everything. In the sense that they're, they're, the, S they're they? the S Boys, why wouldn't they? They're the S Boys. They from the like for the moment Danhausen turned up like they were the punchline. Billy Gunn even even sort of as transcended them and, and went on to, to team with his non-biological kids, the acclaimed, and, and turned his back on the kids. So I kind of feel bad for the guns who kind of came in and it seemed like they were gonna be a team that, that they were gonna get behind because of the the, 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 the history of the the, the, the gun family, the sop family. And then when they went, Oh actually, this is better. They kind of get put to the side. So I think giving them the titles is all right. I, I didn't see FTR taking them off them, though. I genuinely think they're going back on the acclaimed in a, in a couple of weeks at Revolution. I think you put them back on the acclaim then and you could still do the thing that you did where you go, they're the shortest run tag team champions in history. (laughs) And they kind of get a little bit of something that adds a bit of value to what they do. It could maybe unleash some kind of mean streak in them if they job the titles so stupidly quick. It could maybe reset them a little bit. I'm not as as mad about it as I am perceiving to be. I'm doing it for (laughs) hilarity and comedic value. Will, you're a monster. But I feel that... There's something here where you could potentially create uh, a, a bigger a bigger team in the guns by having them win and then lose the titles in rather quick
2: succession. Yes. shytown Spurs says, uh, not going to lie, Molotov Cocktails and Booty is a great combination for marketing a video game. Um, I mean, they very well could put all of that in the marketing if they wanted to. This is uh, what Def Jam
3: Vendetta did, isn't it? Wasn't that their big part of their marketing? Molotov oh, yeah. Cocktails and Booty. <laughs> Pretty sure it was with the No Mercy engine. Ta-da! It's just definitely. Brings it full
2: circle. It is. Uh let's see. So let's talk about Dynamite as it happened. Show kicked off with Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Let me tell you how thrown off I was here, Tom.
3: Okay.
2: I'm so used to MJF's music hitting and him coming out for like a promo, something along those lines. I thought that's what was happening here completely spaced on the fact that he was booked for a match so his music hits and i'm like oh he's in gear oh he's actually wrestling mjf that doesn't even make sense i thought we were heading to like a promo segment i thought that anything he had to do here i thought that's what was happening uh but this show opened up this show took place by the way live from el paso texas uh this is a Criminally small arena that AEW was able to pack last night. The This place holds, I believe, 5,000 uh, attendees for a concert. And they got 4,200 in the building this week. And uh, no one was really sure how this one was going to do because WrestleTix advances were looking like they were about 3,800. Nobody was sure if they were ever going to cross that uh, 4,000. But turned out, El Paso, Texas, as uh, Bruce Pritchard once told us on his podcast, is actually a uh, notorious walk-up city that people will get their tickets, but they will buy them day of in line. That's just what El Paso does. And sure enough, they were able to pack the building. Um, It's a really odd-looking building in the sense that it really only has the two sides. It doesn't really like wrap in an oval shape the way most arenas do, and so that was a very interesting thing to look at as, as you saw it. But either way, there's
3: a, a bit of history to this building as well. There's some I did. I did a little bit of digging on the history of the the El Paso County Coliseum. All right, and uh, yeah, the the capacity gets disputed a lot because because Trump old Trumpo did a thing there in 2019. And said, "Oh, millions of people turned up. It wasn't me." I am Maiden uh, were there in the eighties, and again, I think in the late, in the early nineties, I think they were there. And it was the first, it was the first venue that Fleetwood Mac played with the um, with the new lineup with Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham. So, and, and so when they started their first American tour with Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, the first place they played was right here in El Paso, Texas, at this very venue. There's a nice bit of history here. I liked it.
2: Look at that. That's Not just a really pretty cool.
3: face, Will.
2: <laughs> but you are a pretty face as well. But, oh. yes, El Paso turned out. It turns out these Texas crowds actually kind of are into AEW. Who knew that Texas was AEW country? Because uh, last time they were in Texas was, of course, San Antonio for the Christmas bash uh, show or holiday bash, as they called it. Uh, crowd was really great there. We also saw a week prior to that they were in, uh, they were in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Otherwise, Garland, Texas, the Curtis Colwell Center. They they've run that venue more than they've run most other venues outside of Chicago. And that one, they the crowd was extremely hot for. Week prior to that, they were at the HEB Center in uh, Cedar Park, Texas. Again, uh, hugely hot crowd for that. And just thinking about these Texas crowds that they keep running, Texas keeps turning out for AEW. And El Paso wasn't an exception. Laredo's looking pretty rough next week. I'm curious what happens with Laredo. And I think the issue with that one is that SmackDown was literally at that exact arena like two weeks ago. And I think just the fact that uh, doing them so close together, I think... They've been forced... burned
3: out on wrestling in Laredo.
2: Well, I mean, not just that. It's money right now, right? Like, as far as people being able to afford going to one show, the one that got there first is probably going to benefit the best. And, uh, you know, it's funny because they were also in Laredo, the arena they're in next week. They were also there, WWE was, last June. And people may recall that that show had sold, like, 2,000 tickets until they announced that it was the return of John Cena, the John Cena anniversary show. And all of a sudden, that show went from zero to 100. It was like a complete sellout in that exact venue. So this is the venue that AEW is running next week in Texas. We'll see if that has some of the last minute stuff that this one got. But otherwise... So what
3: this AEW needs to do is announce John Cena. And oh, yeah. Be fine.
2: Oh, yeah, and then he's just, like, in the front row, just, like, promoting the you next season.
3: You just shine a spotlight on the stage. Yeah, John Cena's here. See, yeah, I was... No, no, no. There you go, done. I, Box text.
2: I was thinking you just have him there to promote the next season of Peacemaker. And they're just like, John, are you going to step in the ring here? And he's like, what ring? I'm here to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to promote my movie, guys.
3: Did you like Shaq Wrestling, John? Oh, no, no, no,
2: no, no, no. <laughs> uh, Let's see. So, again, it, it, it's the first time in this venue. AEW's uh, running a lot of first-time venues in 2023. They also just announced, uh, as I tweeted yesterday, that they are going to be um, running the uh, – what is it? It's an arena in Florida. It's in Sunrise, Florida. WWE always says um, Fort Lauderdale. And I knew the arena because the moment AEW announced it, I went, oh, Armageddon 1999, Um, the first time I ever saw boobies on pay-per-view, which was the cat and the main event uh, also was Triple H versus uh, Vince McMahon to determine. And And he
3: got his boobies out as well.
2: He did, and Vince, of course, lost that match. That was to determine if Triple H could remain married to Stephanie McMahon, and if Hunter lost, he could never challenge for the WWF Championship. Hunter won, and the rest is history.
3: Oh, mate, we're so old. We watched that live. Think on that. We watched that. Li- I remember watching that live on here in the UK, and it was like it was weird because it was the first event without Steve Austin in many years yeah and it was like oh there's a gap here and then the triple h versus vincent man goes on for like four days and they fight around <laughs> like the army stage with the tank and stuff and then lo and behold triple h and steph it was a setup all along they're probably going to take over the company in 26 years time that's what we all thought and, and how true that was for a bit uh but yeah i that was a, a great arena I got an an arena replicated in No Mercy. We come back to
2: No Mercy. Yeah, and it's the FLA Live Arena, by the way. That's what it was. And AEW is going to be running there. So lots of events coming up. But anyway, now uh, we got a super chat here. Uh, Alexander says, WRT, the guns winning the titles. This is a very eat your spinach booking moment. (laughs) uh they're basically a dark mirror of the acclaims rise from dark to champs and a useful shuttle for the titles to protect a hot act
3: i like uh, the eat your spinach uh, metaphor uh, nicely yes, done
2: i i do as well anyway kanosuke Takeshita versus mjf tom what did what you do
3: what a boy like Takeshita, i can't get enough of him like there's the and I love the fact that he's like they've they've not wasted any time. There's a few there's a few people that are sort of on the periphery and they're slowly slowly catching slowly slowly catching fire slowly slowly building up. Uh, but to catch are gone right now, you're fighting Danielson. You're fighting MJF and he is shining in there and he shone here. Uh, what a, and th- I know we all thought oh an MJF promo phenomenal, but no 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 MJF to fantastic. What a piece of business this was. Uh, from the, from the moment it started, the handshake and then the, no, none of that. Like, you immediately despise MJF. And it's hard not to love Takeshita. Like, I find, I don't think I've spoken to anybody yet who isn't just, And I, hey, I might be wrong. Your audience might think different. I think it's difficult to find anybody that is not firmly behind the rise of Takeshita at this point. And hanging there with MJF uh there's some 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 beautiful moments in that I know there was lots in there and I'm sure you'll you'll talk about it a bit more beat for beat but I want to give special love to that sudden blue Thunder bomb oh give me that every day
2: I mean I thought everything here hit really hard and really strongly I think that MJF you know a big piece of his character and who he is is a guy who doesn't really love wrestling in itself right that he he hates japanese wrestling um hates high flying stuff but when he gets in there he can remind us that it's all mind games it's all he is a true student of the game that he can do in that ring this show is
0: sponsored by better help dot com slash fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help. That's betterhelp.com
2: slash fightful. What anyone you put him up against can do. Or at least he can compliment their style well. And he complimented to catch this so much here. Uh this was just phenomenal. The uh MJF and uh and Kanosuke pulling off some of the reversals they pulled off. The one that's that's being gifted all over the place off the top rope of Takeshita, of course, hitting his, his famed um, lariat off the top rope and MJF landing on his feet. Beautiful stuff there. Uh, and, you know, the only thing I wasn't a huge fan of, and I get why it was done, because ultimately MJF is the AEW world champion, I would have liked this to be, I can't believe I'm saying this, a little less clean. I would have liked him to have won a little less clean than he did. Uh, because of all of the one upping that MJF has kind of had on Takeshita and how the, the back and forth of it. I feel like for who MJF is, I would have liked to have seen a little more of a scenario where Takeshita had him beat. I feel like the, only, the closest we got was the rope break spot. Where... Takeshita did have him pinned and, and the MJF's only saving grace was that he was able to get his foot on the ropes.
3: Yeah, his shoulders don't leave the mat. You just see his foot just go whoop and that's that's all that saved. So I get but yeah, I hear what you're saying. I didn't mind so much that it was clean because we because we kind of got that beat down afterwards that kind of reminded us of that. But I hear what you're saying that it would have maybe given just a few more notches to Takeshita had MJF had to cheat to beat him. And I don't think that harms MJF either because, you know, he's a scumbag world champion and we know he's great. Right. And I think that we want to see it. I I think it's a little – I think this match was quite deliberate because, I don't know, not to spoil it, we we have the main event for Evolution set as of later on in the night. But I think it's a little cheeky reminder that, you know what, he does a lot of talking, he does a lot of cheeky stuff. But MJF can go because he's going to need his working boots in in March. (laughs) So he can go.
2: Yes, and this is a good reminder that this hour-long Iron Man match, probably gonna be really, really good. Uh, so MJF, of course, does beat down Takashita after the fact. Brian's music hits; he clears the ring, but not before Takashita is busted open at the hands of the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Next, we saw the Bunny go one-on-one with Jamie Hader. Uh, so. I still don't know exactly what it was. I was hoping to find out before this show. But something went wrong here that resulted in the match needing to go home very quickly. Which possibly threw the entire show off. Because it really, to me, felt like the main event ended with way too much time left as people are just kind of standing around like, Okay, what do we do for the next minute? And then they finally go off the air properly. But here you have bunny versus jamie hater i'll start with the positives here jamie hater remains over as hell her music hits crowd loves jamie hater they love everything about jamie hater yeah. uh and i mean from her music and the thing is she plays up to being a babyface so well now uh i was curious as how as to how that would go down you know we saw uh, against hikaru shida uh, back in December she was still kind of playing the heel there but then up against Emi Sakura a couple weeks ago Jamie Hayter played the heel quite well or played the babyface quite well here was another example of her getting to play the babyface. did it all through her entrance I thought she was quite excellent in that role the match got going and goes into a commercial break and right as we get back it's over and uh, I see the chat talking about it. Some thinking it might've been a concussion. Others uh, think it might be a broken nose. I don't know exactly what happened with Bunny, but something clearly went wrong and they took it home. Um, my is, concern would yeah. be
3: uh-huh. like, I hope it's not a concussion because I mean, I'm not a doctor, but if someone gets a concussion, I don't think the best first bit of, of care is a ripcord lariat. Uh, I right. just, that's my concern is that if that, if, if it was a concussion, Probably the better thing, I mean, again, I'm not a wrestler, nor am I a doctor. So I don't know what I would do in the heat of the moment. But I I just think that if there was a concussion, you'd have just pinned her and gone away. I right. wonder whether it was something else. Maybe there was just a concern that something had landed badly. And they went, let's just get it done uh, and go to the finish early. I'm hoping it's not a concussion because, as we say, we had a lariat straight afterwards. So, yes, mm, not the best thing for that.
2: Yeah, not the best thing for that. Either way, that's exactly how it ended. It was a very short match. There's not even a mu- lot to say about it because not a lot had happened. That uh, anybody got to see the match went six minutes. Um, for me, three minutes of it was spent in commercial break. Do you watch on fight? Yes, of course. That's the only way you could have watched it live. Because um, yeah, the though...
3: ITV, I believe, have it. On, well, but ITV, I
2: watch... but they don't air it live. I don't believe.
3: I don't know, because I watched it on Fight, but um, right. I'm pretty sure that ITV air it live as well. I'm going to just double-check that, because I I don't watch ITV. It's it's mainly Love Island. I try and avoid it. possible <laughs> um, for the BBC, I can't be watching ITV. I'll get I'll get thrown out. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they show it live. I think someone will tell me otherwise if they don't, but... Um, Fight definitely have it live, so I watched.
2: Yeah, fight. fight has it live. Uh, well, Redman in the chat will tell me. Um, oh yeah, he says Fight TV, ITV has it Fridays. So yeah, it airs on a delay ITV. Um, so there it goes. Uh, but anyway, then backstage we see Soraya and Tony Storm continuing their L gimmick from this past Friday, uh, in which they called Leva Bates in, and then. Kind of unconvincingly took her down, sprayed an L on her, walked away. What well, this was about? rubbish. This was rubbish. I, was... I didn't <laughs> like it. This is
3: rubbish. I don't mind Saraya and Tony being like, oh, we're naughty. <laughs> uh, I thought, I, I don't know whether Leaver was meant to just be a bit useless. That's kind of the vibe that I got. Like, like she was almost like a turtle. She got knocked on the floor and then just got to go, off. Oh, forgot how to get up again. Best spray me. I didn't. I. Was, this was bad. I know what they were going for, and I appreciate what they were going for. But it just looked a bit weak. It looked pretty poor for what it could be. I don't mind the L bit. No, uh, no, nope, nope, not for me. Not for me. Gladstone. I know. Okay. I. I, I like these two as a team, this one for me.
2: I was picturing Tony Con in that like Mr. Burns role, sitting back, going three hundred takes, and that was the best one. <laughs> Because, yeah, I, I agree. This wasn't any good. Um, you know, I, I like Soraya and Tony in this role, but I agree that something was off there. I think that the the attack on Leva was not remotely devastating, believable at all. And then they, they just sprayed the L on her. No, this is very bad. And then, of course, because we're stalling for time so badly, they then go back to the arena and show... Uh, Britt Baker and uh, Jamie Hayter at the top of the stage just kind of standing there and then they go to commentary it was all very awkward for a moment as you could see them trying to regroup and get the show back together because obviously they were ahead on where that was supposed to be
3: yeah yeah and I mean these things happen like they they would obviously they obviously made the time up fine but it did feel very much like oh they were scrambling here just to kind of pat out the rest of the show
2: but that's okay because we had some good stuff that followed Mm -hmm. mjf is then interviewed by uh lexi nair and i almost forget about the history these two have together because it's all stuff from three years ago i don't even forget about it i i am remembering it but it's like is that worth referencing i don't know but and i'm specifically referring to the stuff from early 2020 when MJF was beating DDP and then wearing the t-shirt that says I bang DDP's daughter uh Mm, uh,
3: yeah I think that there's no need to reference
2: (laughs) there's no need to reference any of that but it is like uh, as soon as she walked in my brain is like oh yeah there was a thing there that uh in, in which MJF still has a little rudeness with her but then again I think three years are you kidding me if like That's the difference between early 1998 WWF TV, which is completely different from early 2001 who gives a shit about three years right so i mean
3: a great example on the, we do <laughs> Ma- matthew greg from botchamania and i we do the classic smackdown review on a saturday on the podcast feed so we're watching 2001 we just had a segment where the rock just knocked on the apas office and we're like oh hey how you doing we're having a tag match later i'm like that's Farouk and the rock like wait wait wait, 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 wait. nation domination exploded over you two and you just oh, had a game of cards to the can like that's what
2: Is this SmackDown from August of 2001?
3: Yes, that's the one, sir. That was the other week we did that one.
2: Yeah. Was the main event of that show Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Chris Jericho for the WWF Championship?
3: No, I believe it was The Rock of the APA versus Rhino, um, Booker T, and maybe Test.
2: That was the main event? Or was that the middle of the show?
3: I'm sure it was the main
2: event. I might be wrong. I
3: say this. Maybe it was Austin Jericho then. Maybe you are right, sir.
2: The reason I say this is because I was at that show. Oh, nice! The first SmackDown I ever attended. And uh, I remember being so upset because the one thing that I wanted to go to a wrestling show for, a WWF show in 2001. You know what I wanted to go for, Tom Campbell? a rock promo all i wanted to see was finally the rock has come back and you know what i got i got rock backstage with the apa and that was the (laughs) only talking the rock did on that show i literally spent all day cutting out for me and my brother and our two friends who went with us i had been cutting out rock we were gonna hold up rock and as soon as he says finally the rock has come back to denver it was gonna be the most exciting time of our lives we were gonna go denver that's
3: us
1: (laughs) and it never
2: happened didn't happen the rock had a backstage segment with the apa knocked on their door and then went off and had the tag match in the middle of the show i was at that show
3: well i'm devastated (laughs) for you but you did wish the guns beating the acclaim so retroactively you did deserve it
2: yes i did deserve it um so I have still I had to travel to eventually get to see a rock promo, by the way. But Which otherwise, one did you
3: finally get a rock promo from? Which show
2: WrestleMania 32, actually. <laughs> I didn't ah! get one <laughs> until WrestleMania 32 was the time I finally got to see the rock and person do his whole shtick.
3: Nice. Worth it
2: though. Yes, worth it. Uh, we also then here saw okay. MJF, we got to talk about the promo. Because this was a wild promo. One that I didn't see the twists and turns this was going to take. So, MJF brings up his... uh, He gets a bunch of speeding tickets he talked about uh, in his Camaro. And then he mentions his crush. Uh, We'll just call her Liv, which set the internet ablaze because everybody was thinking about that picture that exists of him and Liv Morgan from last year. And everybody's like, wait, what? Uh, and I think at best it was, it could have been a nod to that. Doesn't matter. So then <laughs> he starts telling the story of how he took her, uh, on a joy ride in the Camaro and while he drove we got ourselves a a certain gesture i don't think i've ever seen on network television uh which was mjf of course gesturing getting a uh hold on wrong angle because i'm mirrored uh go Uh, there we go anyway go ahead screenshot that guys um but He gestured getting himself a little blowjob from old Liv. And, of course, he wrapped the car around a telephone pole. And this was all talking about the type of man 1MJF is. I wasn't sure where this story was going. By the time he got to that point of the story, I had completely forgotten everything he had mentioned about the speeding tickets and possibly having his license revoked. Forgot all about that. So when he finally gets to the end of the story... And reveals that when he comes to, he could taste the pennies in his mouth. He's, of course, referring to the copper taste that you have after a concussion. Uh, And anybody who's had a concussion knows exactly what he's talking about there. But the... I I can't even finish the story. So, of course, he then mentions that he looks over at Olive and liv's head has gone through the windshield tragic he checks make sure she's breathing at that point the feeling you should have gotten from the story is that okay mjf may not be that bad of a guy and then he of course reveals that he swapped places with her before the police arrived and uh he blamed her for the accident Because that's the kind of man he is. Somebody who will do whatever it takes to get ahead because he's MJF. Because in life there are winners and losers and he's going to prove he's the winner at Revolution. What the fuck? That is not where I was expecting that to go. (laughs) Dark, 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 darkness. Incredible.
3: Incredible. Uh, An amazing story weaved throughout uh, that took us on a journey. He is so captivating. And, and it's all bluster and all nonsense just to wind everybody up. And it worked. And it worked. Because people were rigging the police, for goodness sake. Uh, it, I I couldn't... I'm not cross with this. I'm not... It's, you know, it's... The, the challenge that MJF has is because he's so darn entertaining that people are going to fall in love with him and want to cheer him. So he's got to do everything he can at every opportunity to go, no, I'm the baddie. I'm definitely the baddie here. And you need to treat me like the baddie. So, and sometimes instead of just sort of making a slight nudge to the right, he will throw himself to the right hand side. And then you have something like this where he goes, yes, nearly killed a woman. Well, and then the swap seats with her. Ta-da-da. Admittedly, it's, is it not an episode of the Simpsons? But be that <laughs> as it may, <laughs> it's still great. I really like it. Very him. great. I must apologize well because it's just occurred to me that throughout the last hour and a half of our discord i noticed my, my webcam has been picking up the mic and uh, not the mic itself
2: <laughs> so what's funny is i noticed that like an hour ago but i thought eh we're here already i don't want to say anything i can't really type them a message Aww. uh and so but I did notice just a couple of seconds ago, I was like, oh, his audio is much better. He must have caught it. So. Oh, well, apologies
3: for, 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 for the, the awful quality of the last hour. Shame because the band has been moderate.
2: That's okay. <laughs> you're, you've been audible. But yes, I have noticed that you do sound like you're feeding directly through your microphone that's in front of you.
3: Hooray! What a treat for everybody yes. involved.
2: People can't see my mic because my uh, my camera is at too high of an angle. But literally, I, I do have a, a mic sitting right here on my desk that's like just out of the shot. <laughs> so if, for people who have wondered how my audio is so clear, it's literally because there's a mic. Right here, yeah. What people
3: don't know is that the microphone is the little picture of William that is to the
2: left-hand side of him. That's yes. the microphone. There he yeah, is. That's what I'm speaking into go. right here. Yeah, that's you, eat your, so you eat
3: your own hair, Will.
2: That's. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Uh, honestly, this this was something I wasn't expecting. uh MJF continues to push the envelope in crazy ways, and uh, you know, I think people weren't sure. I remember hearing from a lot of people that you know what, I don't think MJF is ever going to get booed again. Like he's he's just so popular like going into the Moxley match. I well, mean,
3: he's got he's to keep doing stuff like this, yeah, to, to make sure that he gets the appropriate
2: reaction. Yes. So then we had the Garcia Guevara gauntlet. Hmm. Started with Ricky Starks having to run the gauntlet against the members of the Jericho Appreciation uh, Society that he hasn't faced yet. Uh, He started with, uh, it was kind of back to back. Both Matt Menard and Angelo Parker came out together. He defeats Angelo Parker very short fashion. This leads to Matt Menard then making his way into the ring. And literally 15 seconds later, rolls up Matt Menard, 1, 2, 3. That's it. Uh, 2.0 is completely disposed of. They're out of here. So then we get Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara making their way out. Who's it going to be? Because it wasn't ever going to be both. They specifically said it wouldn't be both. It was going to be one or the other. And they both make their way down until it's revealed that it is Daniel Garcia. And we get Daniel Garcia versus Ricky Starks. In the ring, if if uh, Ricky Starks can win this, he gets his hands on Chris Jericho in this show. And I looked at the clock and went, he's losing. There's not enough time for that. There's not enough time at all for him to get his hands on Chris Jericho tonight. I guess that's fine. I wasn't expecting him to. I quite like a gauntlet where
3: the person doesn't win the gauntlet. It's nice when that happens. I think Parker and Menard are, they're great. They are disposable though. So I'm glad that Ricky just burned through them. And Mm -hmm. then, and had them had a bit more of something competitive with Garcia. Uh, Yeah. But then I definitely think we're getting Jericho and Ricky Starks uh, on revolution. I feel like that's going to be good fun. I feel like Jericho and Stark. I think Jericho will make a star. Uh, Starks is already there. I think that promo that Starks did with MJF kind of cemented to me. Oh, there's, there's your guy there's your guy there uh, and i had this this wild idea just for christmas because obviously we had ricky starks mjf at winter is coming and um and and starks didn't quite do it and i just said you know what imagine december 23 what if what if ricky spends the year just really earning his stripes and then we run it back again and what if ricky's the guy that does it
2: what if ricky's
3: the guy that does
2: it i kind of like that um, mm. and, 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 I think that, uh, cause I know a lot of people are burned out on Chris Jericho feuds. I hear it all the time. Uh, there was a huge discussion this past week about this feud and why does, uh, Ricky Starks need to be in this feud. To me, I feel like this feud for Ricky is like, whether you like Chris Jericho or not, fact is Chris Jericho is the second from the top heel in AEW. The last thing Ricky Starks was doing was feuding with the top heel in AEW, MJF. To keep Ricky Starks afloat, the next best thing is the second from the top heel. And what I like here is that the way things are playing out, I don't think Chris Jericho is going to get a victory in this feud. I think the victory that Chris Jericho got was the one we got here, which we saw Chris Jericho was, of course, masked in the crowd, hiding amongst the SEA fans in El Paso, Texas. He hits... Uh, Ricky Starks with an elbow and commentary is like, oh, it kind of looked like a Judas effect. Gee, you think? Uh, And (laughs) sure enough, he pulls off the mask to reveal that it was Chris Jericho. It allows Daniel Garcia to get the victory. One, two, three. So, so far, the only person who's actually beaten Ricky Starks here has been Daniel Garcia. Otherwise, the rest of them have not. Uh, Sammy Guevara beat Action Andretti. So I, I do think that we are moving into the one-on-one match. Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks at Revolution. And I think it's just going to be a straight one-on-one. And I'm pretty sure Ricky Starks is going to win. Oh, yeah. It'd be weird if he didn't. I think it'd be weird if he didn't. I don't think Jericho
3: needs that. Unless unless they're going to unless they're gonna do back-to-back pay views. But I think the space between AEW pay views is so vast that they don't tend yeah. to do that. So I think it'll be...
2: I think it'll be Starks picking up the win at Revolution. Yeah. I, and... It continues Jericho's Revolution losing streak because uh, Chris Jericho has indeed never won at Revolution. The first Revolution, he lost to Moxley. Second Revolution, he lost to the Young Bucks while teaming with MJF. Third Revolution lost to Eddie Kingston last year. Just keep it up. I think it should be the story of... Uh, Chris Jericho's AEW career that that guy for whatever reason cannot win at Revolution. Something about that pay per view just holds him back. And then you
3: put something major on the line and a future Revolution with Jericho involved, and then you can you can sow the seeds here. You can reap the so the rip reap, reap the seeds here that you've sown, and go. Oh my gosh, this is the biggest night. Jericho's got to win this to not be blasted off into the, the multiverse. Uh, but he's never won at Revolution. Like oh no, like you can, it's like the anti streak. You, you yes. could spin the anti streak <laughs> with
2: Jericho. No, I love that, and I love uh, I love storied losing streaks. So that's always a cool thing. Now, just as we thought that the match we had seen earlier was going to be one of the best matches we saw of the night, whew, I thought it was going to be. I knew Roosh versus Brian Danielson was going to be good, but I had no idea how good Roosh versus Brian Danielson could be. Tweeted last night, Tom Campbell, that. Brian Danielson is the best to ever do it. I truly feel that. I feel like there's nothing in professional wrestling Brian Danielson's not great at. Uh, Brian Danielson is an expert storyteller. Uh, he is an expert technical wrestler. He is an expert talker. He is an expert. You do it, he does it. And Brian Danielson, to me, is the best in the world. Is he the best at any one particular thing? I don't know. But is he great at everything? Absolutely. And that is what I love Brian Danielson for. Now, I was actually worried about crowd perception here because uh, being El Paso, Texas, it is a massive, massive Latino population. Uh, so much, in fact, that... Uh, I believe I tried to pull up a chart, but let me actually make sure that my uh, data is correct. So we're just going to go to a little website called City Data and pull up their data for El Paso, Texas. All right. So the racial breakdown. Are you ready for it? 82% Latino just in the city of El Paso. So that said, of course, Fresno was also a high Latino population. That was only 48% Latino, but still majority. And they were all in on Bandito uh, versus Brian Danielson. They pretty much cheered Bandito completely over. So my thought here was, of course, oh no, Roosh is gonna get cheered over Brian Danielson and Brian Danielson's like last match to get his spot against MJF. Is that really the scenario you want? I thought they played this crowd kind of brilliantly. And the way they did so was that at the top of the match. You had uh, Brian Danielson backstage with Takeshita checking on his his head wound, all of that, making sure he's okay. And then Brian goes to leave the trainer's office, but he's locked in. He can't get out. Roosh makes his way down. MJF comes out and MJF asks for Ref Aubrey to simply call the match count out brian ring the bell for the aew rule book which by the way aubrey edwards i believe you said that at some point you were actually going to release the aew rule book where's my <laughs> rule book i'm looking for my aew actual rule book <laughs> i want to be that guy who when a rule is broken i can open the book and go well actually it says right here that uh on i'm page surprised 28- <laughs> you
3: don't already will
2: <laughs> look i that's i want that rule book aubrey edwards you said that you were gonna get together with the AWFs refs and put together the physical rule book and sell one i would be the first to buy it give me my rule book anyway they referenced said rule book and so they ring the bell they start counting aubrey counts very slowly she's not going to give mjf what he's looking for uh and this got the crowd into wanting to see brian in this match this was actually fairly brilliant and uh by the time brian made his way in i think that prevented any inorganic reaction i think that helped get control of the crowd helped get the crowd on the side of wanting to see brian in this match and wanting to see brian win this match i think this was brilliant but i only wish that she got to nine (laughs) I actually appreciated her looking at MJF and going, I'm not doing this. I'm not playing your game. And just basically refusing to count. Uh, Before we get into this match, I want to read a couple of super chats about the last match. Adam Russo says, Jericho disguising himself and attacking people. (laughs) Uh, We have Jose says, on a side note, LOL. I noticed a uh, bass clef to catch this forehead by the blood mark made with the ring. Anyway, uh, will on desert island grabs please. I guess we're doing it, you... we're
3: doing it. We'll announce it here. We're doing it, we're getting uh, you on. We're getting see, you on, Will.
2: I i was gonna get, I was gonna play dumb and give it to give Jose all the credit here for this, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we are actually doing that <laughs> very got, soon. We... You you muted your mic, I can't hear you all of a sudden. Where's Oh, no, I've lost Tom Campbell. I can't hear him.
3: There we go. I don't like StreamYard. Oh, (laughs) I don't understand it. Am I back? You are back. Okay, that's fine. Has has the audio gone bad again? Yes, it has. Hang on a sec.
2: Is it better now? Much better. There we go.
3: Anyway, uh, we slid into each other's DMs, as we have done for over 300 years, and... uh, and and to be honest with you Will was on the pilot for desert island Graps back in 2007. so why not get him on the proper one so that's what we're gonna do I will be there you'll be there like share my friend you'll be there
2: yes uh let's see we got um and yeah Patrick said Miss Mrs Jericho hasn't run a revolution (laughs) either
3: (laughs) is that why he's doing it no no. That, hadn't happened that, yet. Is that Tony yes a little little bit of a little bit of a joke.
2: Uh and I also got this one here. It is from uh, a different Jeremy. It says Will Washington. And this is for Dad. He says, "I can't believe AR Fox topate so hard he landed directly on Nick Jackson's groin." We're going to talk about that here shortly. Mm-hmm. But what did you think Brian Danielson versus Roosh.
3: I loved it. I I in my humble opinion, as excellent as it was, I thought it was a step behind MJF Takeshta. Just a step behind. Just a step behind. Uh, and I love Brian Danielson. And I love Brian Danielson a lot. I, I don't know what I don't know why I enjoyed MJF Takeshta just the tedious, tiniest bit more. I still thought this was excellent. Uh, and I was going to make the same point as you about the the how they kind of got the crowd onto the right side for Brian with the association with MJF. I thought that was masterfully done. Uh, I like the pile driver. That was yes. nice. There's a lovely little pile driver in and amongst there as well. Uh, I think must have been like three quarters of the way through. Just very heavy, very stiff match. Lot lot of sh- heavy strike action from both. And uh, it's probably the most
2: interested I've been in Roosh since he arrived
3: <laughs> with the yeah. greatest of respect to Roosh. It is the most interested I've been in him.
2: Yeah, it's very good. Um, and I agree with you that uh, Roosh, I think, had a lot to prove here. And I think he did prove it here. Uh, and but of course, Brian, Brian is doing what he loves right now. And that and what Brian loves is violent professional wrestling. And he got to do all of that here Uh, He got to bleed, he got to chop, he got the stiffness. Uh, There were so many smart, brilliant spots in this match. And I think Roosh got to look like a million bucks. But in the end, we had our victor, Brian Danielson. Does walk away with his title match against MJF at Revolution in three weeks. I'll be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Though update on the car situation i did not get a minivan as i suggested i might get uh in order to cart people around so therefore i am limited to three maybe four uh people i am willing to take around if it's a wrestler uh, like two three at most Uh, because i had the clown car situation happening last time where in my little nissan leaf i drove around uh swerve and the mogul affiliates and the those two guys are so big that when they got out of the car uh it literally looked like a clown car it looked like my little (laughs) nissan leaf pulls up and these two big ass dudes just get out (laughs) suspension going mental like
3: (laughs) <laughs> As they're yes. climbing out that's incredible
2: I think that's I got a Kia that's why
3: you've got a minivan this time then so you can carry no. more, so more, I,
2: more moguls I didn't get the minivan so I'm oh. warning people right now that if there is a ride I only got the Kia Rio so uh that that was that but anyway this I love this match this is already one of my favorite matches this year uh and Brian Danielson is is going for Wrestler of the Year, apparently. He is on, on path for that. I love seeing how hard he is fighting for this match for the uh for the AEW World Championship. A Shock says, Does Tom know that Swerve is Will's cousin? Of course he knows that. I have known this man. <laughs> I knew Will when he didn't have a door. <laughs> there it is Ah, all right got a few more minutes on this show before we've got to uh to wrap it up but we had for the aew trios championships
3: see this was my match of the night ah okay Oh, I love the flippy nonsense here. This is excellent. Same.
2: I are, are you kidding me? This is what I was looking forward to all day. My immediate thought was, are you kidding me? You're in El Paso, Texas. You are going to give me all of the lucha action I want here, Elite, AR Fox, and Top Flight. I posted a little stat, by the way. I, I had been holding on to this. It was actually sitting in my drafts till uh, I had this. But every member of this match was familiar with each other in a previous match, except for... Darius Martin and Kenny Omega and I waited until the two of them locked up to post that because I'm like everybody here has faced each other at some point AR Fox has tied it up with Kenny Omega before we've seen the Bucks and Top Flight we saw Dante Martin with Kenny Omega last year or two years that was two years ago when he was champion but Darius Martin has never been in the ring with Kenny Omega and as soon as these two are in the ring with each other as soon as they lock up I'm going to post this stat. And I was so excited that they did. What other stats does Will have in his drafts? Oh, are you kidding me? My drafts uh, look like I <laughs> the stupidest looking drafts. Uh, because if you pull up my Twitter drafts, and uh, we could just do this. I'm going to scroll so fast that you can't see anything. But that's what my drafts look like. Oh! Uh, but <laughs> sometimes I will go... I need an appropriate time for these things. And so let me uh, wait until it's time for that. But either way. I'm just looking in my
3: drafts now, just, just out of sheer, sheer interest. And, and the, the top one shows my age. It just says, Cleopatra, the movie from 1963, is on BBC Two now. If you start from the beginning, you should have the final dinner scene by Wednesday. So that's a bit of uh, a, bit, a bit of pop culture for the kids. A film from the 60s. I'm my Twitter drafts, You're welcome.
2: You go to that joke a lot, by the way, because you just made that joke about revolution. And the, easy, uh...
3: I've got I've got a selection of gags and Tuesday <laughs> is the funniest day. Something about the yeah. word Tuesday is the funniest day.
2: Yes. Uh, <laughs> Jose says, I was so excited to RT Will Stats. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I there are certain ones that I hang on to when it's time. I remember I had the one about Daly's Place. And I have one about Daily's Place actually right now that isn't usable until the next time AEW runs Daily's Place. And so... (laughs) Daily's
3: Place is about to become twice as big and they're going to call it Weekly's Place.
2: Wouldn't that be seven times as big? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it would! (laughs) All right, so... Either way, this match was just a blast. I mean, this gave the crowd all the bang for their buck. No pun intended. But the, the elite being there and, and getting to do their thing with uh, AR Fox and Top Flight. I mean, what particularly, you said this was your match of the night. What particularly did you love about this match?
3: Any time AR Fox was doing anything. Like, he just, like, not that I would expect anything, but, like, on this particular occasion, absolutely rose to it. And was the smooth, like, even points where you thought, Oh, this is this isn't a transition. This is him stopping to move, this. and like like him like climbing up, the, like climbing back into the ring, turned into a drop kick. He hit cutters for days. He hit a dive that looked like the dive that S.A. Rios had in No Mercy. There we go. We're back to No Mercy. Well, hits it beautifully, then just gets back in the ring. Oh, I'm gonna do it all over there. Then AR Fox was magnificent, and again, and and to to kind of echo like to to get getting the the clean loss over MJF. Not mad that AR Fox got a. Got a relatively got a clean loss here either. Like, I think that that's all right. I think he looked so competitive in defeat. And Omega looked so relieved to have him down for three. Like, I thought he was brilliant. This is And, and this is no disrespect to, to, to Top Flight at all. They were fantastic. But AR Fox, that guy, another guy who's going to be the guy. There's too many the guys in AEW right now. But that's another guy who I thought was fantastic here just absolutely owned the match shot in the moment against two top stars of the company or three top stars of the company just outstanding the trios division has been a, a revelation towards revolution it really has even with the bumps in the road the trios division's just been the gift that keeps on giving
2: this match delivered everything i wanted to see from this match you know it was an interesting stat about the show also i noticed this looking at the card and uh I think it speaks to the strength of what AEW has been able to put together. Did you realize looking at this card, top to bottom, everybody on it? Brian Danielson was the only former WWE guy to perform on this card. Oh, yes. So he was.
3: But AEW only hires ex WWE
2: guys. <laughs> well, so you, you must be wrong. So, for this card to do what it did from top to bottom on a, as it was called, the championship, well, what was the name of the, the, the show?
3: Championship Fight Night.
2: Championship Fight Night, that was it. Uh, and for them to have done this card top to bottom and do it with the guys they did it with, I think was a, a really good show to the roster. Um, because everybody wants to work with Brian. And to me, I think, to me, I, I've been calling Brian an honorary day one AEW guy. Only because I truly believe he would have been one if the stars had just aligned a little bit differently. If his contract had expired the month before um, All-In, I think he would have worked All-In and subsequently been a part of uh, the launch of AEW. That's just how I feel. But because the stars didn't align quite that way, he ended up signing the three-year deal that brought him into 2021 and... But as soon as that deal expired, I, I just, I think so. I think he would have been there day one.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think there was a lot of conversations about WWE looking to make special, uh, uh special considerations to keep Brian. Like, hey, we'll keep you matches in other companies, and, uh, and I don't think even that would have made him stay. I don't think even that would have made him stay. I think he was as I, I, I hear your co- argument that he was an AEW guy from the top.
2: Yes. Although, okay, so everybody's pointing out, they're like, well, 2.0 with the NXT short life. You know what the fuck I mean. Um, Actually, that's a
3: good shout. Yeah, yeah, Will, you're wrong. It's all XWWE wwe guys, mate. Get, get it, get <laughs> it.
2: You, uh, and then wasn't Hater in NXT shortly. Um, you guys that's, know what, that's what that's I mean. <laughs> Soraya and Tony
3: Storm were backstage and they had a grueling match against Lever Bates, who was also... <laughs> It was Blue Pants in NXT.
2: Yes, she was. Taz was, was on
3: commentary. <laughs> Got ya. Got me. WWE. W-W. <laughs> My whole personality is the wrestling promotion I like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, that means you're defying the advice from last week on this I show. Know. Which, I know. Which, to be fair. <laughs> it's a
3: little callback. It's a little callback, Will. Little call appreciate little last that. week. Appreciate that.
2: But in the main event, a main event we've mostly talked about already. But uh, as we saw, it was indeed. Don't, don't do Boys, that. Don't do that. Don't do that. The Ass Boys defeating the acclaimed for the AEW World Tag Team titles. I don't think this match was as bad as people think. I looked at the cage match ratings for this match, and people are giving it zeros. And they're just so mad that the uh, that the acclaimed lost the titles that they're giving it zeros. I think there was a couple of clunky things in this match, but like I would hand it a six. I would not be sitting around here going like, oh, this is just one of the worst matches we've ever seen. I could not imagine saying that i get being upset about the result. yeah i actually thought it and and the crowd was into it i think the crowd didn't never really bought that the ass boys were going to win i think everybody was expecting billy gunn to turn and uh i appreciated AEW playing up on this first off shout out to my boy stefan smith for that bump he took uh that was a crazy crazy ref bump one of the craziest i've ever seen uh to the point of where i thought are they just gonna like bring somebody else out or is he really gonna like struggle to make it back into the ring uh but good on him he tweeted today that he's okay glad to see that
3: i'm glad he's all right i do like him as a ref i'm glad he's fine (laughs) it was horrible god bless you stefan
2: yes but here we actually saw uh uh, basically, Stephon Smith gets knocked out. Billy Gunn makes his run in. He lifts up Anthony Bowens like he's going to do something. Uh, and Austin Gunn has the championship. Billy Gunn then puts uh, puts Anthony Bowens down and reveals no. He's still on their side. And But then Colton attacks Billy. Uh, that then sees... Austin Gunn clock Anthony Bowens with the championship, which allows him to roll him up one, two, three. We have new champions. The Ass Boys are the champions.
3: Quite literally willed into existence.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that. No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, we'll see where this goes. Um I'm not so down on it as long as there's an end game and it feels like this has at least been the plan for a few months now like it when i said that with the clip i played at the top of the show uh that was really me kind of just looking at the tea leaves i was looking at things and it felt like uh the way they were talking and the way they had been talking down on ftr it felt to me like they were being positioned as the transitional champions between the acclaimed and ftr maybe i'm wrong here but i think that's what's happening
3: I have been pulling your leg the whole night. Like, I do I see where that school of thought comes from because I kind of buy into it as well, where like you kind of lead, you know, you give you give the guns something. Because bless them, like they turned up with their dad and they've just been chewed up all the way through. So give them something. And it's this and it's this thing they can claim like, hey, we were tag champs for like 10 minutes. And that's fun. I'm all right with that. I still think the acclaim should beat them and get them back, but I see your thought on FTR as well. I see your
2: thought on FTR. Well, either way, that is Dynamite. That was the February 8th Dynamite, which begs the question how did it do in the ratings? Well, those are out. And according to Show Buzz Daily, the show comes in at number five behind two NBA games, The Challenge and SportsCenter. Um, so it does break top five. It did fall under 900 thousand Uh, it hit 899 so that means that those no million memes that you see from trolls oh those are going to be all over today uh it does a 0.3 rating and again that was good enough to get it in the top five um it beat south park by a lot uh i know those premieres were uh head to head i actually saw um, a little ad that was like south park premiering at the same time as dynamite and uh actually it came on after either way that is, I,
3: I always believe with the ratings, and I know you, you know this is a big a big talking point with with this show. And I just for the for the pay, for purpose of being a better obscure company, like I always believe when it comes to ratings, I think year on year is reality, week on week is insanity. I think you can't like because because so much fluctuates week to week. Mm-hmm. But like to look at how if AEW find themselves in a stronger, weaker, similar position in the following year, I think that's a better gauge as to how they're sitting as opposed to going week to week when viewing habits change there's constant competition all the time from everything um but uh but it's uh, you know what there will be people whatever the you know whatever happens there'll always be people that will kick off about about whichever wrestling promotion they fiercely defend and then and, and let them do it it's it's some you know you need if they need it in the day then let them have it it's fine
2: <laughs> yes i agree i like that by the way uh the week-to-week is insanity and keep the, it yeah your is reality I like that a lot so begs the question Tom do you have anything you'd like to plug here <laughs> on um
3: I need a boiler change now um so I have uh had a lovely time with you will thank you once again for coming on let's do this in another decade's time presumably via chips in our brain when we're on the moon um so so Coltaholic, i'll give the shout uh i'm, I'm having a wonderful time with Cultaholic for the last couple of years uh youtube.com slash coltholic daily wrestling news lists and all sorts of other good stuff uh we'll be doing live reactions to revolution uh down the line uh as well as i'm sure you guys at fife will be doing stuff similar uh, uh but we will be doing uh also we have a podcast feed uh we have 10 minute news uh, updates every morning where, like, if you want the rest of the news that's going to matter to you, 10-minute burst waiting for you in your podcast feed. We do classic reviews of Raw, SmackDown, and Nitro, uh, and Desert Island Graps, where we invite wrestling types to uh, join us on a metaphorical Desert Island. Uh, We ask them what three matches they would watch while they are there. Uh, And we have had the great and the good from all over the place over the last 160-something episodes. William R. Washington will be joining those ranks in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Uh, and uh, come find me there. Big thanks to to you and to to Fightful. Uh, it's hey, we we we're big fans of Fightful at Carl Big fans of what Sean Fightful at rossap.com does. So we're very grateful to you, <laughs> uh, Jeremy Lombert. Hello, Jeremy. I don't think we've ever spoke before, but honour and a privilege. Thank you. And hey, it's my mate Will. We I like lo- I love that we're still hanging out together. We've never met properly. That's no. the only thing that we need to do now. We've never met properly.
2: That's true. Oh, I don't know.
3: I've got to plug Radio Newcastle, BBC Radio Newcastle. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm on the morning show Saturday at 6 a.m. If you're up at silly o'clock in the UK, come find me there.
2: Um, But, yeah, so we've never met properly, and that should be something we should address at some point. We should, absolutely. I'm always Mm. down for that. But I'm also always just down to talk with Tom Campbell. Tom, been a pleasure. One day we'll expose the world again to Tom Campbell's Better World because it's still one of my favourite things we have ever done. Oh, man. (laughs)
3: I'll have to check it. And make sure I don't get cancelled for it. I imagine the humor's <laughs> changed somewhat in
2: the years. Yeah, I look, that honestly, just pull the backbreaker Boris sketch, and then I think we're good. Um, oh, that's true. That'll be good times.
3: But yeah, hey, yeah, Will, always a pleasure,
2: mate. Let's just yes. keep bumping into each other as the years go on. Absolutely, folks. That's it for this edition of A Day After Dynamite. Thank you for being here. For Tom Campbell, I'm Will Washington. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. And that's perfect.